heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. This is Dr. Lee for America in for Malcolm on Voice of a Nation with today's guest, Dr. Peter Bregan, well-known psychiatrist and author of more than 20 medical and popular books, including the bestseller, Talking Back to Prozac. Dr. Bregan is known as the conscience of psychiatry for his lifelong reform work to prevent abuse of psychosurgery, electroshock, and medication overuse. He has also published more than 70 peer-reviewed articles. His career includes academic medicine appointments at Johns Hopkins, George Mason, and Harvard Medical School, as well as two years as a consultant at the National Institute of Mental Health. At the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Dr. Bregan realized from his legal work against the pharmaceutical industry that a Pandora's box of abuses had been opened up in the name of public health. Dr. Bregan and his wife and research partner, Ginger Bregan, uncovered a worldwide web of global predators, including Anthony Fauci, multi-billionaires, powerful corporations, and Communist China. In their explosive new book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are Their Prey, the Bregans have meticulously written a comprehensive analysis of the pandemic totalitarianism. The book will be out in April 2021, but pre-publication orders can be purchased at www.wearetheprey.com dot com or through Dr. Bregan's website, Bregan.com. I really am honored to have Dr. Bregan with us today. I've actually followed his career for much of my career, and it's it's truly an honor to have you. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bregan. I have some questions for you as we begin. Thanks for joining us. Oh, uh, Dr. Lee, it's just a, a pleasure to uh, be working with you on this show, absolutely. And I, the work you have done with uh, Dr. McCullough and other people on the guidelines for proper treatment of uh, COVID-19 patients um, at home, you know, early treatment is just remarkable. I want to put in a plug for that. It's, you folks, you can find it on the uh, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons uh, website, aaps.com, and and you can actually get treatment. It's not true what everybody else is telling you, but you can get treatment for COVID-19 and you can get preventive treatment and it reduces uh, hospitalization and practically eliminates any any deaths. And it's uh, it's just a remarkable thing. And um, I hope I didn't throw you off rhythm bringing that up to start with Dr. Lee, but I wanted to give you credit. You you were the writer and an editor of that, and Dr. McCullough's 
kind of a senior consultant and um, you did a great job. Well, I really sincerely thank you for that. It, it truly was my honor. I, I absolutely was stunned in early March, February, March, 2020, that nothing was being discussed about early treatment of a viral illness like we always do. And I just decided I could not in good conscience let patients die on my watch without making my best effort to try and learn what we could do to help save lives. So thank you for that. And, and I am, am just absolutely stunned by the degree to which you and your incredible researcher wife have put together in documenting all of the things that we had suspected throughout 2020 were happening with how COVID-19 policies were being used to weaken America and increase the wealth and power of China, for example, and, and to infringe on our freedoms and uh, with, with many agendas, the interference with, public, with early treatment, the lockdowns, the mask mandates, the disruption of the electoral process. It was clear that something was taking place in an organized way, but those of us in medicine were having a hard time trying to connect the dots as we are also scrambling to read the research and find out what we could do to help our patients. So I appreciated having a pre-publication chance to review your book and to see just the enormity of what you've put together, but also how meticulous your research is. No one reading this book as it when it's as soon as it's available, no one can say that there is not adequate research and documentation of all of the points that you have made here. And I would like for you to, the title of the book is quite provocative, The Global Predators and We Are Their Prey. I'd like for you to explain how did you arrive at the term global predators and what are some of the characteristics of the global predators and the policies that are just crushing Western democratic republics and, and empowering these global predators? Yeah, very much. I'd be happy to do that. And <clears throat> since you've talked about the documentation, I want to tell folks that um, that's available to you now because we decided that um, it just wasn't right to withhold the, the documentation while we put together a, you know, a lovely book. And so if you pre-order the book, um, uh, either at our website, Reagan.com or uh, with a you know, catchy, catchy website title with uh, uh, We Are the Prey, um, if you go to wearetheprey.com, you'll get immediately, as soon as you sign up for the book, you'll get an immediate email with the entire manuscript of the book. And I mean, it's a manuscript. It still has a few uh, errors in it and glitches. So you may not notice them if you read quickly. It hasn't been through complete copy editing yet. But we wanted to get out the data and the 800 uh, citations. So uh, I, I just want you all to know that that's available with, with the book now. It just comes to you at that minute that you sign up as a PDF. Um, 
incredible mm-hmm. gift to your readers. That that is a hugely important. Thank you. Well, I, I, it just it, we just felt compelled to do it. It's it's like we're not going to wait to uh, to have people, to, you know, wait for the book. And um, anyway, there's so much to, so much so many ways to approach this. The title of the book is COVID nineteen and the global predators. And we had no idea about global predators when we started the book. Um, it just didn't occur to me at all <clears throat> as, uh, you know, as I'm, I did the writing, actual writing of it. The phrase didn't occur to me in the beginning. Um, we started uh, with a shock. Uh, the shock was that my wife uh, came to me, Ginger, and said, I found this research paper from 2015, and it seems impossible but let's, you know, have a look at it with me. And um, she was right. It was impossible. We found out from this published research paper in a major, <clears throat> major journal, there for the world to see, but the world had blinders on, which we didn't know at that point. And in the paper, it describes how the U.S. is doing collaborative research with Chinese researchers who identify themselves as from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We, we were appalled. And, and by the way, we didn't even know some of what we know now, just to briefly jump ahead, which is we quickly found out that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is a military institute. It's an institute that develops uh, biological warfare uh, everything in China that has anything to do with science is military. And if you're making deadly viruses in collaboration with the United States, which is what the research was, they actually had developed a, a deadly coronavirus, a SARS corona, meaning <clears throat> SARS, it has a terrible respiratory syndrome, and the coronaviruses, which is a family of viruses that exists very widely in nature. And it's you know, very is a group, very harmless virus. And that we were turning that virus in 2015 into a malignant uh, pandemic kind of virus. And nobody was talking about it. And here we are, we have a SARS coronavirus, SARS, uh, uh, you know, uh, SARS-CoV-2, and, and we're wondering where did it come from? And people were saying, well, couldn't have come from the nice Chinese people in their institute. And no one's saying, what are you talking about? We were teaching them how to make a line of SARS coronaviruses. And then I looked into it some more as a clinician, I'm a medical person, and um, lo and behold, it has the clinical characteristics of SARS-CoV-2. It wasn't exactly SARS-CoV-2 as we discovered. It was part of the group of sars Co-virus is being made by the Americans and the Chinese in their labs, and um, it attacked older people more than older mice rather than younger mice. It attacked human epithelial cells. That's how they could call it a SARS virus. Um, they they didn't have an adequate treatment for it in part because they weren't using the treatments that really work. Uh, the uh, the older hydroxychloroquine uh, in particular at the time. And the, they couldn't make a, a vaccine for it, for the mice. They tried. And in fact, if they gave a killed virus to the mice, the older mice tended to die when they contracted the disease. So in other words, if you inoculated mice, 
the ones who had some immune compromise or were older got sicker when exposed to the virus than you expected. It was making them worse. All these warnings. So that's we, huge. Uh, that's huge. It was I'm it, it's just amazing. And ask you to repeat for our listeners the enormity of what you just said as it relates to what's going on with the elderly people getting the vaccine and dying at higher rates right now. Well, what they did is they gave a killed virus, uh, twice baked or something like that virus, to, um, they gave, I'm sorry, vaccine. They gave that vaccine to mice who had never been exposed to their SARS-CoV. And uh, the mice were then exposed to the SARS-CoV virus. And the older mice, instead of being protected by the vaccine they'd been given, got sicker than expected and some of, and some of them died. So that this, this vaccine, which worked very poorly, if at all, was actually uh, giving the risk of getting much sicker than expected from exposure to the actual virus and dying. And we blew a whistle on this. We, uh, we put out a video, you can see me in the video on my uh, uh, Dr. Bregan's YouTube channel. Or by the way, we have a, uh, a coronavirus resource center on bregan.com. And all this is in the manuscript. I hope you, I hope you get the book and, and, you know, and then right away get the manuscript. It's all in there, all this documentation. I did a video and we uh, also a, a, a blog and we knew some people who knew people in the Trump uh, circle and we, we got it to them immediately and we spread it to the media that we knew. And two days later, Trump was asked about it at a press conference and said, I know about this already, we're canceling this. So Trump canceled on the basis of our work and that's what really got us going. That's when we decided to, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's start work and i haven't stopped working since since well, then. yeah that's right you and your wife have put in massive massive, massive. hours but i want to reiterate that for our listeners president trump was given the warning that you and your wife had discovered this research going on and the connection with the sars cov virus situation that and you got that information to him and within Two days, the Trump administration canceled the gain of function research. That's the term medically when you take a natural virus and you manipulate it in a laboratory to make it more lethal. And exactly. so they stopped that. And what has happened to the gain of function research under the new administration with Biden? Well, first, let me pick up on one piece of it that I left out in part because we didn't even get the importance at that time, but we saw it. And that is that the research was being funded by some guy we barely knew. We'd only seen him on TV a few times. Anthony Fauci It was being funded by Anthony Fauci and by a group that he also directly through his uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases he was funding it through that, and he was funding it through another organization um, that uh, is run by Peter Dazak. And so he was he was paying for this. Somebody in our government was supporting Chinese researchers directly by name, 
at the Wuhan Institute, and then we learned funding the Wuhan Institute directly and funding the Americans. He's helping China build biological weapons in their military Wuhan Institute of Virology. And that is staggering information that has been totally suppressed in the media. It's still suppressed, which is pretty un- incredible. And even though you know, people on, on other, other sites have picked it up by now, and I've been talking about it you know, for months now, since April. We, we did this in uh, about April 15th that we blew this whistle. And so we started looking at Fauci. And I, I have done research on drug companies my whole life. I've, been, I've testified as a medical expert against all the big, pretty much almost all the big drug companies for their psychiatric drugs. I'm a psychiatrist and, and I've you know, testified against Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer. You know, most of the people, Eli Lilly, most of the people making, making a vaccine or trying to make vaccines. So I knew about drug company uh, perfidy, unethical behavior. I just knew how deceptive the drug companies could be and how how they, their whole orientation isn't science, it's nonsense, it's marketing. They, when they test a drug, they test it for marketing, basically. They, they set it up so that it'll come out properly and, and come out looking like the thing they want to market. And they do it, and FDA collaborates basically with them. And if they run into trouble later on, like Lilly did, with people getting violent, suicidal, the FDA works with them to cover it up. So I knew all this. But I thought in my naivete that that was not the whole world. This was just my world where I was working in the legal arena and treating patients with, you know, who were getting psychiatric drugs. Uh, well, I quickly began to see through Fauci's eyes that this was an industry problem of the entire pharmaceutical industry and of big, big industry, international industry. It was totally oriented around profits power, control. It was a bit terrifying. And I was very naive. I didn't know I didn't know much about Bill Gates. I'd heard he was a very nice person. I'd heard some rumors that he had some, you know, weird ideas. He couldn't be trusted. I didn't know anything about it. But quickly I found out that Fauci was on the very select uh, board, vaccine board of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That is, Fauci was essentially working for and consulting to Bill Gates. So that was the beginning. Then we started making more connections. I was wondering why in the world is is Fauci defending the World Health Organization against Donald Trump? What's going on there? Then we find out Fauci's funding the World Health Organization. And then we find out that the World Health Organization has been working closely with China. This fellow named Tedros, who's the head of the World Health Organization, he's a criminal type. He's not a physician. He's got no business running the World Health Organization, but the Chinese wanted him in there because he's a manipulable, uh, corrupt guy. And so we now see this connection that was a little surprising between Fauci, the World Health Association, and China, communist China. So we delve then into, into what Gates is going back a little bit over the process. And we find out that Gates is not a patriot at all. 
Gates is giving talks where he is defending the approach that China is taking to these massive, violent, vicious lockdowns, that he's making believe that China hasn't been spreading the disease like it did. You know, China and who purposely spread the disease by denying its seriousness and then by defending China, continuing to send flights from Wuhan, Beijing, all over China, all over especially Europe and the United States, flooding Americans America with hundreds of thousands of potentially infected patients. All this is really documented. And in fact, it's all in a way well known. There's a piece here, as you were saying, a piece there. We were just putting together this incredible web of, of Fauci. Then we look at uh, the Gates. He has, a, he has only a very few uh, uh, international offices, and one of them's in Beijing, and it's beginning to look like a lot of like like there's just something going on with communist China and kind of predatory people. So we run down all the uh, industry, the top American. I started with American, top American billionaires. All but one of them never uttered a patriotic word, as far as I can tell. And all of them except one had heavy, heavy investments in China. And, and then we would look at places like, you know, how the, the Waltons with um, Walmart, good American people. But after a while, you know, the original Mr. Walton, he's no longer running it. A new man takes over. And of course, this company is is uh, getting a very significant portion of, uh, of its uh, sales material, things it sells from China. And I thought that's probably it. But then I find out, and it's not hard. It's just research. I find out that they are deeply invested in China. They're building buildings and stores in China. And right in the middle of the uh, epidemic, they're building stores in Wuhan. It's like, it's like they're doing the best they can to be helpful. It's really strange. Who are some of the other top billionaires that are included in your, your list of the global predators? Could you name them? I'm sure our listeners will yeah. be familiar. Well, the only one who is not a global predator, as far as we can tell, is uh, Larry Ellison. And, um, Ellison. and he's, um, he has he had only minor and unsuccessful uh, uh investments in China, and he's uh, said to be a person who supported hydroxychloroquine and and held uh, some sort of a um, meeting in his home uh, supporting Trump. All the rest, and the, the currently that top list is Bezos at the top, Amazon, and uh, Washington Post, and Gates uh, then, Bill and Melinda, and number two in the list, and Warren Buffett, I thought, gee, Warren Buffett, now there's a grand old American, but Warren Buffett is the only partner to Bill and Melinda Gates in their trust. And people don't know that. So Warren Buffett is the Bill and Melinda Gates trust, trustee. There's just three of them, him, Bill and Melinda. And so he's in the middle of everything Gates is doing. He gives a lot, annually, a lot of money to the foundation. Zuckerberg, Facebook, we know how Facebook has, we know how Amazon has been mistreating uh, conservatives and 
and anybody who's for freedom and how Zuckerberg, Facebook, he's up there. The Waltons are six, seven, and eight for Walmart. Nine um, is um, Steve Ballner. He's uh, Microsoft. They have been uh, they they've been very much anti-Trump, and um, I'll put that together a little bit more. Uh, Bloomberg is up in there, and uh, I'll tell you more about him. What these people have in common, and you look at the tech companies, and and they're all at the, they're all that group too at the top, and you know Amazon and Microsoft. And Twitter is around, um, is down toward the bottom, but they very very big on, on being against Trump, being against freedom, and so on, and YouTube, and so on. you know we know about those folks. Um, what I found the common elements of all these people, well, and one person who's not quite that high up, but the Koch family. See, the Koch family has been supporting some Republicans, and I think they're probably the heart of the rhinos. And they're libertarians. A libertarian is somebody who believes in complete freedom, except for self-defense. You know, that's a libertarian creed. I used to be a libertarian. I'm a little more skeptical now about some of it. But... Um, a libertarian is someone who believes you don't use force except self-defense. Everything else is, is freedom. Well, they're making a ton of money with China, and they're against Trump, terribly against him, because, number one, he doesn't want open borders. They want open borders. Well, that, does, that's not, that doesn't have to be libertarian. Libertarians believe in self-defense. A border is self-defense, for goodness sakes. They want open borders so they can have cheap labor. They want the same cheap labor all over the world. They're happy to make American labor as cheap as possible. That's one of the characteristics of every single one that I've been able to track of these people that we now call the global predators. But we need to pause for a break. This is Voice of a Nation. We'll be right back. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store. Fighting every day against the internet monopolies that are trying to stifle our right to free speech and freedom of assembly. Five years on the air, and we will not be silenced. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The silent majority has spoken. 
We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. This is Dr. Lee for America, standing in for Malcolm and back with Voice of a Nation, where we're talking with Dr. Peter Bregan, discussing his explosive new book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are Their Prey. Welcome back, Dr. Bregan. Before the break, you were talking about some of the top names in American business, uh, the billionaires that have all ties to China, that that are heavily invested in China, that have really been working against the America First agenda of individual freedom and liberty, as well as involved in suppression of the medical information on early treatment of the COVID-19. And you were talking about the the companies involved i think when you mentioned the walton family and walmart it becomes clearer now why why there was such a push to lock down small businesses while at the same time leaving the big box stores and such as walmart and then of course amazon as the only source people had for supplies no wonder their profits went through the roof during 2020 while Family-owned businesses went bankrupt or in financial dire straits if they didn't actually go into bankruptcy. So let's talk further about, as a, as a psychiatrist and as a, someone who studied human behavior and worked in this field for so long and had so much testimony against some of the predatory activities and the unethical activities of pharmaceutical companies in the field of psychiatry. I'd like for you to talk a little bit more and help our listeners understand what are some of the characteristics of these global predators as you describe them? Yes, and that was a very nice uh, segue in, in explaining um, the context of what we're looking at. It is about wanting the weakening and destruction of what we call the American way of life, the American dream, in favor not of freedom and competition and upcoming new companies, uh, but of the establishment of billionaires and large corporations, all of whom, as it turns out, have great ties to to communist China. And just before going into the list, I want to give a couple of examples of that that were very striking to me. There there are two uh, people who hold huge annual conferences for business. One of them is a man named Klaus Schwab. And um, another one is uh, Michael Bloomberg, who was mayor of New York for many years. And we were very uh, shocked. I was really shocked when, when I started to look at who were going to the conferences during the Trump administration. So when Trump is, is um, in a way holding China's feet to the fire, he's standing up for closed borders, uh, for uh, controlling China, bringing back business from China, which is not what the globalists want. Michael Bloomberg 
holds his conference in Beijing, China, and invites the premier of China. And Klaus Schwab invites the premier of China to be a speaker at his conference. In Both no opposed to President Trump's agenda to protect American interest against China's aggression. And every single major corporation I can think of almost was at these conferences supporting it. All the big ones, all the large corporations. So I've got them listed and identified and so on in the book. So I set up a, a profile, what I call the global predator profile. And what these people basically want is a free access to humanity. And keep in mind that there's only one nation that stands in their way, and that is the America that the rest of us believe in, but has now been you know, taken over, at least I hope only temporarily, uh, by uh, people who are globalists. Um, if you look at um, uh, Joe Biden, you know, his family has enriched itself by multiple millions, not even doing investments with China, just getting paid off by China. And then if you look at uh, John Kerry, who is uh, going to be um, implementing the globalist platform of, uh, of the globalists, he's announced that he is, and, um, and he is, uh, he's the environmental czar, but he's basically there to enforce globalism. And he is, his family works, has been uh, deeply involved with uh, Joe Biden's family with corrupt business with China. So this is like the hallmark. But uh, this top of the, at the top of this list that, that I have is that if, if you're an American globalist, you're not a patriot. You're critical of America and its power. So if you're wondering, oh, why, why is big media? Why, why the publishers? Why, why are the stars, the athletes, by the way, who are connected to China. These athletes, I talk about them. They have connections to China. They're making money. They're opening markets in China for big companies. So the first thing about these folks is just not patriotic. They're not America first. They, they hate Trump. They, they uh, hate populism. They don't care if they, we shut down every small business and throw everybody out of work in America as long as they're thriving. And by the way, they have thrived. One of the things I document in the book, and I'll be a little informal about the list, just trying to make the, some of the points. Uh, one of the things that was amazing to me is that the top uh, 15 billionaires in America, their, their worth went up 50% in 2020 during the particularly during the uh, COVID-19. How much? Excuse me? How much did it increase? 50%, 50%, 50, oh, one half, God. double. So now, interestingly enough, if you look at all of 600 America's billionaires, they've only gone up 16%. And that's probably in keeping, you know, it's not even up with the stop, stock market if it's an uh, accurate figure. But the top 15, and Gates isn't even the biggest, he pulls them down a little. Um, so then, in terms not of his wealth, but of how much he rose. So then you look at China. Well, China didn't used to have a lot of billionaires. They now have 400 billionaires versus our uh, 650. 
how much did the 400 Chinese billionaires go up? 60%, the 400 of them. And that's your elite in China. That's your communist party, it's your elite, it's the power. There is no power in China that is not part of the communist regime. That's the principles of the communist regime, which I document, but it, it should be apparent. So they're getting wealthy. So who's getting wealthy? Our top 15 billionaires and all of their billionaires are getting extremely wealthy. And well, the, the big companies. person is just getting crushed. That's right. That's right. Made miserable, crushed, isolated, lower income, having to take a dole from the government, be grateful for what's passed out to them, being humiliated. It's terrible what's happening to our people. So the first big characteristic, they're not patriots. And the other thing is you read their, you hear their speeches, you read their books, they never even mention the values of personal liberty and political liberty as progress. No progress for them is improving how we're going to fight off the next pandemic, how we're going to handle global warming, all of which is a masquerade for how we're just going to take more and more power, top-down government. And control people in control of humanity. And their individual liberty to live their life. Yes. Yes. And I think they're crazy, the billionaires, because if they succeed in a short time, China will own the world. They will be the dominant power, apart from working with our billionaires. And then China will just eat them. It doesn't care about American billionaires. <laughs> of course, they think they're going to be immune and they'll be able to live their life as they wish. And they have not paid attention to the history of any communist regime that's that eliminates right. all opposition. Yes, that's absolutely right. They, there is, they, pay no, they pay no attention to our history or China's history. So the third thing is they actually actively oppose democratic republics. They prefer authoritarian, totalitarian regimes because then they can be taken over by China or they can be used by the billionaires. But if you have a democratic republic, they gang up together. They hang together, hopefully. Now, right now we're falling apart. But, and this is stated, Klaus Schwab, who is probably, he is considered like Time Magazine says, he's the new intellectual leader of, of us, you know, Klaus Schwab. And um, what he says is, you can't have our globalism. They use the word globalism. You cannot have our globalism if you have strong democratic republics, because they'll resist. They'll be patriotic, they'll resist. The fourth thing they want, they, they want open borders worldwide, but especially in America, especially in America, because they wanna bring down America's power. They wanna make us another third world country that they can rule top down with people like the Bidens who are corruptly attached to them. Their policies, as uh, Dr. Lee has already mentioned, made very clear their policies enhance their wealth, but they destroy the poor, the working class, the middle class, and the upper class, middle upper, the upper, upper class sort of people. Destroys everybody but the very wealthy. And it creates a situation you have in every socialist country, which is they're very wealthy, well-to-do, comfortable people at the top, and that's all. Nobody in between. And most
most Americans uh, really don't understand how these other countries work because so many, I was surprised to find what a small percentage of the American public even have a passport, much less travel regularly overseas. I personally have spent time in a number of totalitarian countries, beginning with the Soviet Union and the Iron Curtain countries of Eastern Europe. And my husband took a educational group into Red China, Communist China in 1979. So in addition to that, I we worked in South America for some of the time between 2013 and 2017. And we were very aware of what was happening in the socialist takeover of Venezuela, Bolivia, and Brazil, as well as Argentina, Ecuador. It's, it's stunning how people have to live in those countries. And Americans, most Americans, even our poorest Americans, live better than many of the people in these other countries. But they're not aware of that. And they're not aware of how critical our freedoms are. So I think what you're doing is crucially important to help educate people as to the enormity of what we're up against and how important it is that we stand firm against tyranny. So true what you're saying. And, um, you know, if you think about what happens if Biden succeeds and our borders really are open, I found out what that's like one day when I pretty much accidentally, I had a rented car, not the best thing to do this with, it was accidental, ended up in Mexico. I was driving around Southern California, ended up in Mexico. And all of a sudden, I was in poverty, abject poverty. So if you want to see the difference, I wouldn't advise doing that now. It's be unsafe now because it's so crime-ridden and the border is now being run increasingly by the cartels uh, because of what Biden's doing. There's such a huge markets for evil going on with children and drugs and so on. But that that's what they want because there's no other reason to take down our border than to make us look more like Mexico, more like Honduras and so on. Um, it's really a... a an amazing situation, just to, I guess briefly for me to just sum up and we can chat chat more freely maybe, uh, that what we found out was just tracking things like why would they want us to be sick and not give us the right treatments? Why do they want doctors not to treat anybody and wait for vaccines, which just increase wealth, power, and control? Why would they want us wearing masks when any scientific analysis shows you there's no value to wearing masks in public. It just uh, it just doesn't cut it. It's not useful. And whatever, you know, it might keep somebody from sneezing on you, but it's making everybody sicker, rebreathing your own breath, excess levels of carbon dioxide, uh, and, uh, you know, upsetting metabolics. I mean, it's just uh, increasing your viral load because if you happen to get a virus because you're not exhaling it easily. I mean, all these things that were wrong, and then every one of them made sense as I began to see the global predators, to describe them and see their goals. And, and we need to reverse this. We Americans need from the grassroots up. Uh, my own 
My own belief is that we need to retake America. And instead of trying to get along with the New York Times and the Washington Post and NBC and all the rest, we need to build a new culture. That's what they've done. They built a new culture and excluded us from it. Mightily excluded us from us, even excluded our president from the culture, cut him off from all of the social media while he was president. So True. we need to build an alternative culture of our own now. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's partly what is going to be one of the most critical steps that Americans need to take. But what I find absolutely unbelievable is the degree to which the normal American spirit of liberty and people really have, that's been typical of the American lifestyle is that we'd like to live our life without interference from the government. And the degree to which our American culture has been turned upside down and inside out with these mask mandates that people are complying with. I mean, literally, I think I'm living in an alternate universe when I'm driving in and, and I'm seeing these people riding in a car alone, driving with no one in the car and they're wearing a mask. And I'm thinking, who do they think they're protecting themselves from themselves? The people have become so indoctrinated so fast. I Don't you find that incredible as, as a student of human behavior to see how quickly people have submitted? Yeah, it is appalling and, and surprising, but it's very purposeful. Uh, public health for years, and it was my wife, Ginger, who unearthed this research, but the whole system of public health is totalitarian. And she found out that within public health, there is a whole study of using fear to force people to do what you want. And there's nothing in basic public health that restrains itself except its own opinions. It, it has a whole concept that you see expressed in Fauci, which is what I want is what we do. And I know best because, quote, I'm a scientist, which he's not. He's a politician. He's a 40-year career bureaucrat running a, a, an institute. You don't do that as a scientist. Scientists develop new ideas that establishments find threatening. He's not a, he's a, he's your go-to guy for the drug companies. That's who Fauci is, basically. And um, they have systematically made us afraid. And um, But it's also part of the educational system, the media, Everything going on in large scale in America is run globally. An appalling amount of it is directly connected to China, like our leadership uh, right now, uh, direct connections to China. Oh, by the way, I don't, you started asking me and I don't think I said, and it's a good way to be drawn near the close here, which is that uh, Biden, one of his first edicts was to overturn the stoppage on collaborative building of virulent viruses with China. Fauci has been enabled by um, Joe Biden, whoever controls Joe Biden, to fund again China, the Wuhan Institute, and the collaborative efforts. 
And I can tell you right now from the scientific research, they've already got a SARS-CoV virus down in the North Carolina labs, which causes severe encephalitis, which is, and kills mice with it, which is a rarity, very rare for SARS-CoV-2. So they've got an even more virulent virus in their labs. And again, this is documented in the book and, uh, you know, glow, uh, COVID-19, the global uh, predators. Can I say one more time how people can get that and get my uh, manuscript? Oh, absolutely. I'd like you to do that. And we'll, we'll also end with that reminder as well. So please do. All right. We didn't want folks to have to wait for our, our data. So the book will be out in, in uh, late April, probably somewhere around in there. But we, uh, if you purchase an advanced copy at a, at a rate way below the, uh, the general price, we're going to, that day, that moment, with a click, you're, you're going to get the manuscript for the book. It's not even polished. It's almost finished, but not quite. We want to get it out with the book because we don't want to be saying, wait for our book. Get the manuscript and... Um, it's literally a manuscript. It's 450 pages, 800 references at the packed in at the back. And um, you can get it by going to a, a special uh, website, www.wearethepray.com. www.wearethepray.com. And you can also get it at uh, bregan.com. Well, I, I really encourage our listeners to get on that website now, wearethepray.com, and order your copy of the book because I have read it all, and I know the depth and quality of the research that the Bregans have compiled. It reads like a Machiavellian detective story, and it really is going to be a manuscript and a ultimately a book that's going to give us a guide as to how we can begin to take back our life and freedom. And I, I want to tie in with something that you said earlier, Dr. Bregan. The, what we are seeing in the CDC database on the vaccine adverse events reporting system and, and anyone can check that out. It's, it's not, it is open to the public. It's a little hard to find, but it is there. And what we have seen is that with the three currently available vaccines available on the emergency use authorization in the United States, which is not full FDA approval. I want our listener to be clear about that. This is not an FDA approved vaccine. It is an emergency use authorization procedure, which means it's still investigational. And with those vaccines currently available, the adverse events are running about 80 times greater than any adverse events reported with the flu vaccines that have been traditionally used. And we are standing in March 2021 at over a thousand deaths following the experimental vaccines. When normally we expect, based on the flu vaccines, 
23 deaths in a year's time would be considered a high rate for the 195 million people roughly that get flu vaccines in a given flu season. And we're standing at less than 50 million people vaccinated and over a thousand deaths with only basically um, a little over two and a half to three months of using the vaccines. People are not being informed of that. And that goes to your point about the global predators and the fact that they are knowingly bringing these emergency investigational vaccines to market and withholding early treatment when they know that we don't have adequate safety data and they are riskier. You have information on that in the book as well. I, I do. And, and this is something I know a lot about folks because I often work with these reporting systems and, and product liability suits against the drug companies. My job is often to look through the reporting systems, demonstrate the patterns, explain them to juries and so on. And one thing that no one is talking about, because perhaps they don't have my experience, but the people who do know don't want this to be known, which is that the reported number of deaths is gonna be a fraction of the actual deaths. Because the one thing doctors want to avoid is linking a death to their treatment. In all the dozens and dozens of cases in which I've worked with death cases involving a doctor's treatment. It might be treatment with a drug or it might just be something went wrong in an emergency room or it might have been negligence in a hospital. They don't report deaths as having anything to do with their treatment. So I am sure that doctors aren't coming close to reporting the number of deaths. I think you're right. In fact, there was a Harvard study a few years ago that talked about the fact that the we, on average, only about 1% of adverse events are actually reported to the CDC. So if we're standing at over 1,000 deaths in this short period of time, and you're talking about only 1% getting reported, the actual number is much higher. And Dr. McCullough talked about the fact that healthcare workers in nursing homes have reported many of these deaths and talk about in the narrative about elderly people dying within hours of getting the vaccine, either from a massive allergic reaction or the massive and, and very severe febrile inflammatory response the vaccine is designed to trigger. So all of this is being kept from the public and they think yes. the vaccine is going to protect them from being infected as well as protect them from spreading. It's the misinformation is really alarming. And you talk about that also in your book. I try to cover everything. <laughs> you, thank you for, for helping uh, with the book too. And I got wonderful input folks from Dr. Bleed. And after, after we'd done the first uh, manuscript, got wonderful input from her, very useful. And, well, uh, there's a lot of good docs working on this, you know, folks, join in with us, join, join with your neighbors, get into this grassroots. I have never had as many good friends as I now have since I took the huge risk of coming out publicly around COVID-19. So I think if you start coming out and talking with people on whatever sphere you're in, whether you're working with a community or 
you're working at political level, uh, you're working with your school district, you're going to start discovering there's a lot of us out there. You'll be making new and wonderful friends. That is a, a great way to begin to wind down today, Dr. Bregan, that we need to come together as Americans. We need to come together as concerned citizens. We need to come together as as individuals wanting to protect our health and wanting to seek out reliable information. And to our listeners, I can't emphasize enough. I have read Dr. Bregan's entire book. It is truly outstanding. It's an extraordinary accomplishment and it's extremely well, quite meticulously documented and researched. And the citations are there. If you question any of their conclusions in the Bregan's work, you can check the original source yourself and draw your own conclusion. All of the citations are there. And I think this absolutely is critical reading for every American at this point in time. So go to the website, www.wearetheprey.com and order your book now and get access to the full manuscript so you can start reading about what's really been going on behind the scenes of the COVID-19 pandemic response. Dr. Bregan, thank you so much. Uh, there's just, there aren't words to express how much all of us are going to even more appreciate your reform work with your wife as we look at the work you've done on the COVID-19. You've been a pioneer and a reformer throughout your career in psychiatry, and now you're taking on the pandemic as well. We can't thank you enough, and thank you for being with us today. And thank you for being one of those great frontline docs. You're just very brave, and we have deep appreciation for you, Dr. Well, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. To all of our listeners, this is your time to get educated. Please take this opportunity. This is Dr. Lee for America, standing in for Malcolm, signing off for today. This is your life, your health, your freedom at stake. Get involved, get loud. Don't be afraid to speak up and help make the world around you a better place. Mm -hmm.